Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Paul has written a relatively long, not exceedingly long, but a reasonably long letter to Christians in the region of Galatia, which we would now today connect with um, southwestern Turkey. When he begins the letter, he, uh, in fact, um, expresses outrage, amazement that the Galatians have so quickly moved away from God who had called them for a different gospel, which is not a true gospel. And one has to read between the lines to see what exactly this Galatian error was and what exactly they were doing, what influences had come upon them. Not so much between the lines, but we have to go through the whole letter and then we get the evidence bit by bit as to what was happening. Now, when we come now to the end of Galatians, the epistle and end of chapter 6, all of the underlying issues sort of come to the fort, come to the front, and we can sort of see it. The underlying issue of the distortion of the gospel in Galatia was the addition of works to faith. And these works were not works that naturally come out of a heart that is changed and a good conscience before God. These were religious kind of works, external works. So one in particular was concerned with a Jewish identity, identity within Judaism, out of which Christianity arose and had to do with circumcision. So he touches on some of these as we come to the letter. Uh, Beginning in verse 11, the apostle says, See with what uh, large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. Was not an uncommon practice in those days for letters to be written by professional scribes. Even if one uh, could write, he might have used someone else to write the letter while he dictated, for instance. In this case, the apostle seems to have written to the Galatians by his own hand. And he says, with what large letters? Uh, Some would connect it to maybe a, a problem with vision or sight on his part and tie it to an earlier reference to Uh, the Galatians' willingness to gouge out their own eyes and give it to him in the state of sickness that they had found him. We don't know if those things are to be connected, but it may be that he has poor vision and was writing, but he says he writes this perhaps papyrus scroll, uh, sending this letter to the churches in Galatia, is written uh, in large letters. Could also be that this is the signing part of it, and he is marking it this way. In any case, he is about to close his exhortations to the believers in Galatia, and he comments on the the opponents and those who have occasioned this letter. Verse 12, it is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. 
So the Galatian error was the effort to have Gentile believers who had turned to the living God by faith, by putting their trust in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who had come from heaven to earth and died and risen again for the, our salvation, to make these people also now keep Jewish law in regard to external regulations. And the first of those would have been circumcision. And so these Judaizers, so-called, these Hebrews uh, or Jews who had come and joined the church and spoken um, as part of them were exerting great effort to make all of the Gentile believers become Jewish in a way by undergoing circumcision and possibly keeping the religious calendar, feast, Sabbath, etc. And in Paul's comment about them, it is that they really are not ultimately concerned about keeping the law. The, the demands of the law go beyond the external. And part of the influence is to cause division and anger and wrath and infighting, all of these things which are quite destructive. They are really not led by the Spirit. They are operating in the flesh. And so he says, it is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh. What is part of their motivation? Part of their motivation is to thwart or avoid. Um, it is to not come under the disapproval of the establishment, that is the Jewish religious establishment, which still very strongly held to the law. So part of the motivation wanting to bring Christians into the Jewish fold was for their own avoidance of any rejection. So they want to make a good showing in the flesh, he says, only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. To turn to Christ and accept what Christ has done in its full power and capacity as totally sufficient meets with disapproval on the part of this establishment that they were part of. So in order to avoid the rejection on their part, they are trying to get Gentile believers to be circumcised. Now, this kind of force always works, um, is operative in the world. We may belong to a community, we may have social contacts and associations where the gospel in its simplicity and purity is not popular. If it only could be tweaked in a certain way, if only we did not assert the centrality of Christ, if only we were happy just to talk about God and did not want to talk about Jesus, if we do not have, want to talk about, you know, judgment, fleeing judgment and the wrath of God to find life and salvation in Christ. If we did not want to talk about those things, our faith may be more palatable for some people. And they might, in fact, present it in this way. We might feel pressure to not be open and honest about the truth of God simply to please people. It's a strong motivation in life. We want to be accepted by our peers and our social group. And sometimes truth is not palatable. Not sometimes, more often than not, truth is not palatable to a larger audience. So 
here in the in the in the Galatian situation, part of the motivation for Judaizing was acceptance by the larger system uh, of association that they had. And but Paul goes on to say that even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law. This is Galatians six thirteen. But they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. He finds that the law is farther reaching than the mere outward observance of it. Often also in Christianity, this happens to be the case. We restrict religion to a few things, you know, church attendance, participation, prayer, worship service, and then we live happily to our own selves. But the new life is much deeper than all that. It is really a life lived after God. Worship to God is not something that happens only on Sunday mornings or during church services. Worship is really how our life is lived out before God 24-7, so to speak. We are urged by the Apostle Paul elsewhere to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, which is our rational or intelligent form of worship, and not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of a mind, to have the right discernment as to what is good and acceptable and pleasing before God. So the calling through the gospel to every person who turns to Christ and to the living God and by faith is to live a life choosing the will of God in every situation. This is the ultimate calling, to have our wills yielded to the will of God, to do what is right in every situation, and to be imitators of God, even as Christ has set us an example, to be just, to be righteous, but at the same time to be forgiving, to be compassionate, to be gracious, to imitate the Lord Jesus. This is the ultimate calling of every Christian. So one could become extremely zealous for rules and regulations, and part of it is for kind of an outward boasting. But the ultimate means or basis for boasting for any of us is not in ourselves. It is in the grace of God. Verse 14, but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The cross is everything. The cross where the Son of God gave his life to redeem me and the cross whereby I am changed, brought out and transformed from death to life. This is my means of boasting. Everything I have, I have in Christ. Righteousness I have in Christ, life I have in Christ, the enablement to live a life now that is pleasing to God I have in Christ. All of it came to me through the cross of Christ because Christ took away my guilt and gave me his righteousness. And it's possible for me to die with him and to live to God. So far be it, be it from me to boast about anything else in life other than to rejoice in the grace of God. The cross is the only thing of boasting for me, says Paul, and so should we with him. By it I have been crucified to the world, and the world has been crucified to me. Verse 15, neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. Outward bodily marks, they really don't amount to anything. I can wear a cross around my neck, it doesn't mean anything. I could wear special garments um, signifying what clergy or some other thing or just pure white garments only all the time. It doesn't mean anything because 
that does not change me. It does not create an identity. My identity is what I am, how I conduct myself. Righteousness in conduct is really what matters. New creation, the new life that works itself out and manifests in my conduct is what matters. And so he says, as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. The true Israel of God is those who, although they had the law, have found life in Christ. They belong to God ultimately. Peace be upon them, he says. All who walk by this rule to manifest the life of the new creation, peace be upon them. And in conclusion, he says, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The marks that identify one who belongs to God are not external marks of foreskin removed from the male body, but the new life and our having died to sin. Paul says he bears some marks. Some might take this to be actual physical marks, maybe the scars and wounds of his service to the Lord uh, figure in this regard. But most likely he's saying, I bear in my body the marks of Jesus. I have died with him when he died, and I am alive with him. The marks I bear are the marks of death, having died with Christ, of putting to death the works of the flesh, and having sacrificed my body now to live the life of God. This is the mark of consequence, not external marks of circumcision, but the true mark of belonging to God that reveals itself in a life that is lived to God. So let no one trouble me, he says. I have on me the marks that matter. And to every listener, the question, do you? Do you have on you the marks that matter of belonging to Christ, of having died with them and now being alive in him? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu partner.